90-year-old Margaret Keenan, well, she'll go down in history. She's become the first person in the world to receive the Pfizer vaccine against COVID-19. These pictures are coming into us live now. Uh, I beg your pardon, they're coming into us now. This is actually about uh, 25, 30 minutes Check ago. one, two, check one, two. This is a Christmas show. Oh, that's it. December 15th. That's it? You hear that? That's 10 days early. It's my, it's my hand. That's it. Oh. You're not going to have, like, a show that airs on Christmas? It's me and you. It's just, it's just me and you. Who are we going to have? Like, like, nobody F- here. FPP Shining New Year? Or? <laughs> Get Rankin Bass to produce it. Yes. Hey, it's me, Rudolph. <laughs> Happy New Year. Shoot film. Okay. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. My name is Michael Rosso. I'm here in the studio with John Fidelli. I'm freezing, Mike. I know. It's that time of year, folks, where the freezing happens. It's the time of the freezing. What time of year is it? Did you ever see uh, um, Santa Claus versus the Martian? I don't like it. It's just too... Uh, it's too, so trippy. It's it's too offbeat. Like that, so March of the Wooden Soldiers. Like, it just, Love as it. a child... It left me with like a bad feeling. Like yeah. you see it, and you like you don't know how to process the. It's like waking up from a bad dream. You're like, I don't know what that was, but was it, it, kind of was it made out. in Italy? I don't, I don't think so. It wasn't American. They speak English in it, mm. but they asked the old man on Mars. They're like, Why is everybody? Why are the American children, the Earth children, acting so weird? And he goes, What time is it? And they're like, It's September. He's like, Oh. It is the time of the Christmas. Crazy. Of the Christmas. So it's the time of the Christmas now. The so only, Merry Christmas. The only offbeat program I watch, offbeat uh, program I watch around Christmas time is the, the Christmas that almost wasn't. Mr. Prune decided to make children unhappy by taking Christmas away from them. He went up to the North Pole and promised Santa a billion dollars if he would stop giving Christmas presents to children. Naturally, Santa refused. So Mr. Prune took his billion dollars and bought the whole North Pole and became Santa's landlord. And he raised the rent so high, nobody could pay it, least of all Santa Claus. He told Santa to have the rent money by December 24th, Christmas Eve, or he would take all the presents away as payment. Yeah. <laughs> I got the DVD. We're going to watch it this year. Why don't you give it a shot? We're going to watch it because we got nothing better to do. Okay. No gatherings or anything. We're going to just sit and watch wacky Christmas shows. I got Abbott and Costello's Christmas special, too. Okay. So we're going to blast that one. Uh, here we are, December yeah. 15th. I'm, I'm very uh, grateful to have all you folks tuning in. Yeah. It's great. I, I want to thank all... That's of, the best gift of all. I, I really want to thank all the FPP peers who have stuck with us this year. These are the folks who do a monthly donation to our show. Right. Yes. Whatever it is. The list is dollar, growing. Two dollars, eight dollars. <laughs> no, it's actually... Decreased. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it is? Oh, bah humbug. Well, you know what I did uh, early in the year? Uh, I was really hammering it. Like, we were really, yeah. you know, we were plugging it. It was rolling in. <laughs> Not really, but okay. Yeah, we had like four, five, six guys and gals. We have a dedicated group of folks who, I don't have their list today. Mm-hmm. Today I have the list of uh, stores that carry FPP products. It's pretty lengthy. It is. But I'm very, I'm very thrilled just to, you know, be here to, to carry on. And I will, I will share with everyone listening that film photography, uh, it is as popular as it has ever been, yep. ever. We launched a few different FPP films this year that yeah. were Took off. super popular. The, the Wolfman film, uh, amazingly popular. And uh, this December, we launched Let It Snow. How's that doing? Great. 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 And, and as usual, you do all of the uh, design on the labels, all the stickers, box boxes. I do. Well, uh, uh, a credit needs to go out to uh, Paige Davis, who does mm-hmm. some of the artwork. Mm-hmm. Like the Wolfman, that's her sketch. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Pagey, awesome. The, I, the, the thing I find funny. <laughs> like a clown funny? What kind of funny are we talking? We could. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just 
Do you know how you tell the story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the f*** am I funny? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Is that that we've been repurposing emulsions, you know, film types that just, you know, kind of got lost in the shuffle on, on the site. So Let It Snow is Sfema 100, mm. which we've had for, for the last eight, nine years. And just no one cares, but you put a little <laughs> snowman on it. <laughs> it's a great film, folks. It dries super flat if you're doing your own scanning. Mm. It has uh, infrared... Um, infrared uh, uh, attributes to it so if you put a red number 25 filter over your lens you'll get beautiful um, you know you'll get the clouds will really pop green will will get lighter nice contrast it's it's a really beautiful film it's called Let It Snow it's in the FPP online store it's been getting store. great reviews filmphotographystore.com uh, today we have two Rollins. yeah uh, the first um is uh, I can't remember, John, if you were in on that. What? It's myself. I thought you were just going to say the first one is I can't remember. Uh, it's myself, Matt Marash. I think you. We were yeah. talking about the Camerodactyl Mongoose Film Scanner. Oh, yes. Okay. Was this with Trev and somebody no. else? Maybe Trev was there. I don't, I don't remember. Time to wake this show up. Where's Johnny Link? Right here, right here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the, here I mean, we're going to find out in a minute anyway. The, the sort of what's what's been going on, like what like okay, people want to know, okay, you know what? I want to know what's going on going on in 2021. What's the FPP going to be like in 2021? Well, hmm. <laughs> the the way it is, well, the only person that comes around is John. How you doing? Yeah. Uh and so I've been recording segments remotely. So John and I are going to do the the, you know, Say hello to you folks, read some letters, and communicate on the beautiful uh, Rodeo microphones that we have. Yes. Uh, crisp, clean sound, and then oh, we'll yeah. roll in the, the other stuff. The other stuff, which, yeah. uh, which nice. was done a while back, so that's why you're, you're a little fuzzy on it. No. It's not all that cough syrup you're drinking to stay warm. No, yet. it's actually done quite, quite recently. Oh. I'm trying to help you out. Okay. Fine. Oh, so uh, Matt is going to be talking about the. the uh, Camerodactyl mongoose. This is great. Scanning film using a DSLR. It's it's on fire. It's great. And I've already received a notice from another gent mm. about his Kickstarter. He has his uh, everyone same thing. Yeah. It's, well, they're not the same thing. Everyone but has their automated. Everyone <clears throat> has scanning. their yeah. Everyone has their own take yeah. on that thing, which is. <laughs> I mean, let's be let's be honest here. It's a holder it's a that holds box. film. On top of a light box that you shoot with a DSLR camera. Yeah, but it works in in it's synchronous with the camera, so it's like automated. You just put the roll. Everyone in, has their own thing, and you sit back and let it go. That's what I like. Okay, we're going to be hearing b- about the Camerodactyl mongoose version. What does mongoose sound like? And then we- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And then we're going to. Um, Talk with Mr. Mark O'Brien. Mark has a new zine. He just yeah, check this out, John. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. He's been promoting it on uh, Instagram. Monochromania number three: the magic and allure of toy camera. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Oh. Finally, the FPP debonair. And if this is, I'm just saying. Looking at it, it's beautifully laid out. I'm sure it's insanely detailed and informative. As all the things that Mark does. We talked a little. Mark and I talked a little bit about. You know, there's a lot of cameras in here. Jesus. Um, I mean, to look at it, I mean, wow. anyone that says to themselves, "I want to put out a zine," I mean, just think of the great undertaking. First, you have to write the zine. It's a crazy idea in this day and age. Then you have to like do layout and design. <clears throat> you know, what is my zine going to look like? And then you have to print it. It was great. Yeah, it's, it, it's it is really beautiful. It's 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 really worthwhile. If you go to uh, Mark O'Brien's. Uh, site. It's called Random Camera Blog. Random Camera Blog Mark O'Brien is what I type into Google. You'll see on the right-hand side, there's a little little, you know, highlighted thing. It says Monochromania number three. Check that out, folks. The Google. Monochromania. But, we, gotta, we gotta create a song for that. Monochromania. Oh, I like Monochromania. that. John and I have two songs to do. Yeah. First, we have to do the... Uh, load it. Load it. Load it. Load it. <laughs> Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. Flip it, flip it, flip it, flip it.
load it. Uh, that's not going to take much. Could you do that yeah. on keyboards? Like, practice? all my keyboards are in storage. All of them. All of them. Every Re- one of them. Redoing my basement right now. Can so you I call up an app on your phone, like keyboard app? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I could. Yeah. I have I have a little Moog synthesizer app on there. We when can we're done recording, we'll do a little. Okay, we'll figure yeah. something out. Uh, a while ago, we did a podcast where <laughs> I don't know if you were here, John. Joby reviewed the Brady Bunch episode called Click. Uh, I vaguely remember that. Uh, Jim Melcher says, uh, he says, sorry for not writing lately. I am still a fan. <laughs> still enjoy the shows. What shows? Yeah. Still getting great stuff from the store. Go yeah. Dracula. Yeah. He said, I had to write this week. By the way, this came in, in October. I had to write this week because the splendid review of the excellent Click episode of The Brady Bunch touched a nerve. Uh-oh. Joby mentioned 1535 in. Mike Brady, he pulls up into the driveway. He came right. home from work, so he drives into onto that set in front right. of the garage. And his he slides across wagon. the car bench seat to get out of the car on the passenger side. Right. So years ago, folks, cars had what's called a bench seat. Right. So the front seat was just one it was a bench. It was a one long seat. Soft bench across. Pleather. No seat belts. No. Bench seats were cheap to make, easy to climb into, and roomy to sit in. They were there, but they were more of a suggestion. Yeah, there were no bucket seats. Joby very accurately attributed this maneuver to simplifying the blocking of the scene. Of course, yeah. As a big fan of old movies, basically any movie that was made when bench front seats were common, Hmm. he says, I've seen this many, 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 many times. I'm sure he has, yeah. I have a treasured, a pet theory that it was actually quite common in older days for the passenger door to be used in this way. In old movies, you see, the passenger door is only the only door used on a car. (laughs) (laughs) The driver always enters that way and slides across to the driver's position. I never noticed. Me neither. I'll have to look for that now. He wants us to ask Sam Sherman about this. Ah, Who better to ask? You have to ask Sam if he remembers any instances of that. And there are signs the front bench, or something resembling it, might be ready for a comeback. I forgot about bench seats. Yeah. Ian Fleming says, says, just watch you and Owen on YouTube on the TV. So, Film Photography uh, Podcast, by the way, is on YouTube right now. And I know many people now could dial the YouTube up on their big TV in their living rooms. Smart TVs. Yes, thanks to, you know, devices. and Smart technology. Yes. That's kind of nice, right? Yeah, it's perfect. Always been an audio podcast chap, really. Great stuff. I've already checked. Oh, I've already checked my Arri. That's an Arriflex. Mm. 16BL. No way. Ian. With a nudge wheel. Oh, yeah. Do you remember on the side of the camera it had a nudge wheel, so you'd be able to like... Right. Yeah. To move the frame. Yeah, move the frame. And the film goes through the gate fine. Next is to power up and load it with... How exciting. Yep. How, wow. that, that That is very exciting. Uh, Going to hump that camera around, Ian? That's cool. Now, when John John and I... Uh, Without an AC? <laughs> John and I... Uh, let's see, 90, 2010. As a matter of fact, almost 30 years to the date, oh, Jesus. we shot Ghoul School. Are you sheer? serious? 19, I was going to say shitting you, I'm but serious. serious. I'm serious. In oh January God. of 1990, John and I, oh my God. for like 16, 18 days, it was like... It was hell. It would have been easier if we were sent to like like a prison. <laughs> like, a, like, a, like I'm talking like... like, like uh, gulags. No. <laughs> to Russian gulag. We would get, Siberia. So we would get there at like 6 in the morning, Ugh. and then be a whole... Like, Freezing cold. And then... We wouldn't get out till like two in the morning, right? Yeah. And then we lived nearby, and literally, I would like walk into my apartment, literally fall on the ground, yep, crash. And then, like three hours later, I'll never forget. On a Saturday night, I got home at like two in the morning, and at the time, I was living with the track man. Yeah, I come in. There's a big party going on. It's <laughs> funny, you know. That like, happened to me too. Yeah, it sucks. Because you're just like, you know, you're... You're, you're, you're wasted. You're yeah. done. You're beyond any kind of enjoyment of life. Life yeah. is pain at that point. You just need to douse it with some sleep. We had two cameras on Ghoul School, and we started out with a 16BL. Came from a gentleman in Ohio that we rented the stuff oh, from. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we rented a whole package oh. from Ohio. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Tim O'Ra and I actually, before we shot the Ghoul School... We, I guarantee you we did this. We drove, drove out, out there picked and up got all it. the gear. Wow. 
back then, folks, you don't think anything of just hopping in a car and driving like nine hours. Like yeah. you think nothing of it. Yeah. Nothing. Because you're like, we're going to get a camera. Yeah. Like, just okay, yeah, let's go. But then it broke down, and that's when there was like one Friday. Is so that how we met Mick Cribben? No, we already knew Mick Cribben. Oh, okay. Um, we we went and rented Mick Cribben's 16 SR, and I just remember the horrors of it. It was, it was like Friday at night on a rush hour, yeah. and the camera broke, and you know, it 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 just yeah. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for dredging up those memories. Yeah. Hope you have better luck with your SR. Oh no, he has a BL. BL. Yeah. Hey, let's uh let's uh, roll in the segment of oh, let, yeah. Matt Mirage heading up the topic about the Camerodactyl Mongoose. This is a very D- exciting new technology. DSLR scanning. Mr. Matt Mirage. Hey, what's going on, guys? Today we're gonna be talking about scanning. There are always things popping up on Kickstarter, and one of the mm-hmm. more recent things is uh Mr. Ethan Moses has a Camerodactyl Mongoose Automatic Scanning Assistant. Now, is this what? someone you hire? What is this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. So this is kind of in the same vein of those scan. You know, they're not scanners themselves. So it's it's all it's similar to what we're seeing from like Negative Supply and Pixelator and some of those other tools that are helping hold your film, you know, pretty flat and carry it across. But what Ethan has done with his uh, his new holder, which uh, just just finished on Kickstarter, I think just before we started recording here, it's a device that it's 3D printed and it measures. It has little sensors to measure the distance between the frames, mm-hmm. and it also views like when you're at film base, whether it's negatives or positives, and it talks to your DSLR or mirrorless camera and tells it when to fire when it's lined up. It's a really cool concept. I have one of the pre-production units that I tested and did like a, a little video overview with. Uh, I did the video overview in a very rushed manner and I made a few mistakes, but I still had really, really cool results out of it. I gave it the best chance to kind of work and it's, it's what's really encouraged me for the world of DSLR mirrorless scanning. I think it's very viable at this point. World's better than I can get with my V700, even at the highest settings. And in less than, even with all the going into Photoshop or, you know, whatever software and doing your corrections, we're still talking three to four times faster than the normal workflow of waiting on scans. Hmm. How does a consumer film shooter know? I mean, there are a few options out there now. How do you find these options? Um, Probably the easiest way is just kind of uh, look at, you know, look at what's out there from uh, from resellers. I know some of the resellers, I know a lot of folks are carrying the negative supply, which kind of uh, sits on the higher end of the spectrum. There's the pixelator, which is a little bit under that. Those are just holding systems. So you still need a light source. You still need the camera. You still need the lens, something to hold it like a copy stand. But this is a way to help somewhat automate or give you some consistency mm-hmm. in the process. Uh, for what's out there, it is kind of hard. There's, I don't think there's anybody that carries all the different options themselves. So that part is hard. You kind of have to search for film scanning holder or film scanning, uh, I, I said assistant, but uh, film scanning device. You, right. can, you can look that up. But yeah, really just the, the flatbed scanning options are so few now that it really makes sense. And uh, I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't using gear that, uh, that was uh, that was like cheap. I was using some pretty high end stuff, but I wanted to see like, what's this look like at its best? You know, mm-hmm. if you're a lab or you're an enthusiast that has a, a really juiced up digital camera, can you do something really cool with it? And then I also tried it with a rebel, like a $400, you know, Costco big box special uh, rebel. And it actually still was right at the same level that I could get with, uh, with the Epson V700 in, you know, under a quarter of the time, which wow. that was impressive. Wow. And is this commercially available right now? It is. So after the Kickstarter, Ethan's committed to doing, fulfilling those first. And then once all of those are filled, which I think should be, we're looking like Q1 or Q2 of 2021, then those are going to be uh, retail available, which is, which is pretty cool. And it's, it's going to ship with whatever camera system you specify. So if you have a, a Canon digital, Nikon, Sony, Fuji, Panasonic, all that stuff, it'll ship with the right uh, triggering cable for the, for the device. Right. And you guys heard of the Pixelator? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's mostly for the uh, phone, though, isn't it? Uh, the phone they, apps. Yeah. Phone so, apps. 
the, they have, I think they have an app that integrates with it, but it's really, yeah, it's just a really neat little diffuser light Hold source it. that holds it. Yeah. John, did you get involved with the pixelator? Yeah, I did. You I did? Yeah. You have one? Yes. Do you, but do my you, phone app. Do you use it? Yeah, just to get quick scans. Okay. On the oh, phone. That's why, Matt, you're saying so they're different levels. Yeah, I think there's different levels, and I think it's cool that there's options that kind of meet people where they're at with it. But right. um, what, what interested me in the, the mongoose, what, and, you know, when Ethan was talking about it, he initially had you know, reached out to both of us you know, here at FPP and like, said, hey, do you guys want to look at this? And I was trying to think of it from like, who's the most frustrated with scans? And well, at home, I'm not because I don't shoot a lot of 35, but when I'm at work, you bet I hate scanning. Like, I see, we see like two to three dozen rolls of black and white film every week at Midwest Photo. And those rolls have to get scanned a lot of the time. And you can't and, push that work off to your assistant? <laughs> I'm just, not, I don't have an assistant yet. That's my oh, problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we have an imaging department. I usually do the developing side of it, but there's times where I'll also end up right. doing a little bit of the scanning. But even our, our team that does the scanning, oh my goodness, it's a, lo- it's a long slog because we have to strip right. them down into the strips of four or five. We have, we have dueling V800s there. And even running two V800s into mm-hmm. a network system, wow. it still takes forever to get, you know, good quality scans for people's film. And from a commercial standpoint, you're trying to find, okay, is there an automated scanner that is better than a flatbed and it's automated? I can just walk away. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, John was mentioning before we started recording, like, can I go do, do a wash? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, can I not worry about it? And that's where I think Ethan's setup is pretty neat. You set your camera up like you're about to do the manual scans and it has an automatic mode. So it pulls the first couple of frames through. That's it crazy. looks looks for that film base and then it starts going through the whole roll. You can have it automate the DSLR scanning of a roll of film in just over a minute. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And if this thing is tethered to a, uh, you know, your computer, like through Lightroom or Capture One, that means your, your digital files are already in your workflow. And if you have someone that's a little bit more savvy with Photoshop, with Lightroom, with Bridge, with uh, the one I'm trying to get better with is Capture One, you can create presets within there. So I can basically copy a default setting for adjusting a curve on color negative or, or black and white. I hit control, like, you know, control shift V, my paste button, and now all of my scans are already in the ballpark. And if I'm using a higher res camera, so for my, my higher end tests, I used a Sony a7R4, which that's a full frame camera that has 60 megapixels. So even like a, a really kind of like loose crop on my 35 millimeter frames, I was getting scans that were close to 50 megapixels. You can't even get close with, to that with a, an Epson V700. And it would take two hours just to do the passes and all the stuff you needed. And you're working with a raw file on top of that. So we're at the point where convenience is there for the DSLR mirrorless. And now we're having some tools like, like the camera dactyl that are aiding even more in that convenience. And it feels, it feels close to the walk away from it kind of experience. And if you're somebody that does more than I would say one or two rolls of film a week, this could make sense for, for like you to have. And what format are we talking about? It's strictly 35, so it's got to be 35 with the sprockets because the unit that, uh, that I was shipped and the one that the folks are getting, it, it pulls a, across the sprockets. It actually counts the number of little steps of those sprockets. And, and there's multiple different modes to the mongoose. Um, it would take me forever to go through every single thing that this thing does, but it has, a, has three modes. There's manual where it jogs everything. You can manually jog it across from frame to frame. It has auto mode. And then it has uh, fast mode, which actually you're just telling it the spacing between frames by counting certain frames and jogging through. And then if you do that, you can rip through some film. Um, so it can actually even go faster than a minute. How much? How much for this? <laughs> so I bl- I'm going to get scared for this because I don't remember. But I know the, where the Kickstarter ended, they were at 550. So if you got in earlier, they're 550. And I believe the retail on the release units is going to be like 700. There's the medium price point you were talking about. Yeah, so we're kind of we're kind of back to V700, V800 prices. If you already have a DSLR, that's you know we're not talking. You don't have to go buy a brand new camera. If you've got something that's 18 or more megapixels, you're going to see the benefit of something like this. If you have a higher resolution or maybe a full frame uh, camera to use for it, you're really going to get the most benefit out of 
that newer chip, putting a real lens in front of it instead of using just what's on the scanner. So I think that's, that's where this makes a lot of sense. And if you're running your own small lab or you're doing film for yourself or friends, it could be huge. There's a lot happening. Mongoose, negative supply, mm -hmm. pixelator, and let me guess, there's going to be more. Oh, there's definitely going to be more. Um, even, even the folks at Negative Supply, th this was posted publicly on Twitter, so I can talk about it. But uh, one of the two guys over at Negative Supply, Saxon. Yes. So there's AJ and Saxon. I saw on Saxon's Twitter a very interesting little molded metal piece, which looks like it is their next level, which is automation for the Negative Supply. So that's, oh that's coming down the pipeline from, from them. So that's covering, you know, on the low end, you can pull it across and keep it flat however you need. We've got the medium end with uh, Ethan's really cool 3D printed solution and the high end's coming. Right. I think this is all good stuff because I, I'm a big proponent. Good stuff. I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big proponent of, of everyone taking control of your own film photography. Mm -hmm. You know, shoot it, develop it, scan it, get in there and, and learn how to do some color correction so that your, your images can look as best as they could. That's a whole other topic mm -hmm. uh, of... Um, exposure of not you know uh, over scanning uh which i've seen with horrible result and of course color correction and then of course i've seen a lot of people scanning images posting them and there's no color correction so it's a whole concept i'm sure there are classes on this uh, i don't know if you guys deal with that midwest the art uh, of scanning Ooh, you know maybe that so good yeah, this winter we're doing like these new hybrid classes where I'm doing like a few, you know, socially distanced five, six people in the classroom, but then we're also simulcasting it. And in the winter, we're doing one on scanning your film, one on scanning your video, your motion picture stuff or services at least. And then the other one about, you know, editing that. So that, yeah, that ties right in, Mike. Good, good. I would need that class. Any, <laughs> any last words regarding the Camerodactyl Mongoose Automatic Scanning Assistant, a.k.a. device? Um, yes. I don't know anybody that has a system like this currently. So Ethan's is like the only one. So, you know, you always find, find critics and such with, with the unit. And it, it's good to be critical of something, especially if you're going to purchase it. Support people that are creating this stuff because as we, you know, we've chatted on and off with people that are at the retail level, distribution level, and, and even some of the higher end brands. Those guys aren't stepping up for a lot of these products. So the, these are, you know, very small operations. So I always try to tell folks support creators if and when possible for this mm -hmm. kind of thing, because that's the proof of concept we need for bigger, you know, larger end products. Like, you know, right. we haven't seen anything like this from Lomography. We haven't seen anything like this. So there are folks out there that are you know, still producing this stuff new, support them when you can. And I would, the things I know everybody would love to see something like this in medium format, Mike, could you imagine scanning motion picture film with something Whoa. like this? Wouldn't yep. that be cool? It'll put us out of business. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's cool it's where coming. things are going. It's coming. Put oh, I'm, I'm sure this kind of stuff's coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you what will not, which is, and, and I say the art of, because color correction is, uh, you know, I've seen, I see Dave work here. It's hard. He's a it's, genius when it comes to that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Skill. Yeah, it's it's a real skill. It's not, you know, it's it's so, you know, but I, I think there are gonna be lots of uh innovations in the next few years, especially with uh with you know, lower because a motion picture film scanner, you have like a few thousand dollar Wolverine one piece unit. Yep. And then the next step up is the, you know, mortgage on a house. It so really is. Yeah. There's no in between device. And we're talking about it's, it's no different. Just like I've been hammering that like, oh yeah, I've been shot, shooting motion picture film. And to me, to people watching for still photography, to me, it's the same. I'm just shooting 24 frames per second. So scanning, all you need to do is, is scan each frame and knit those together. Mm. So if there was a device to hit each, each and the sprockets hit each frame, then it's not that difficult to, to animate, to knit it together. Yeah. So way there already, you know, mm -hmm. But there, is, there isn't. I mean, same thing for Lomo Kino. There's been a few devices Lomography has put out, but nothing compares to, to, to scanning Lomo Kino on our full-blown scan, motion picture scanning. So I, I really think that you're going to see some exciting things. And I, I was on the phone with Ethan. I swear he actually said something to me. And I, I swear that I was like this to him. Like, I was like, I don't want to hear anything. But I do. 
you know, I do. I mean, you cannot stop innovation. And what you said, Matt, is very, very true. You know, you look at all these bigger companies, the Fujis and, you know, the Kodaks, and, and they can't just pull something. They're not on the ground. No. They're not in the trenches shooting. And a guy like Ethan or Saxon, these guys are on the ground like, oh, what can we invent? Mm-hmm. And then bring it to market. It's fascinating and it's inspiring. And the bigger companies can't do it. Because they, 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 you know what it's like, research and development, the cost of fortune, and then to bring it to market and then to have, you know, uh, board members to have to, I mean, you know, it's a big, it's. That's the way it used to be. It's indie. Now it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be that way anymore. Yeah, it's Fixed indie time. and it's, it's very exciting. So I'm, 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 I'm there. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the mongoose. I, I, I mentioned this in the video I posted about it, but like I've scanned more 35 mil film in the last two weeks than I have in the last year. Like that's, wow. that's what it's all about, right? Like yep. I enjoy doing it now. Well, enjoy it more than I previously had. And I'm going through my backlog because now it's not just like sitting there on the shelf, you know, looking at me like, when are you going to scan this? Like it's, I'm getting through it. Yep. I have a workflow down. Uh, we use it at Midwest photo for customer scan. And it's like the quality is so, so much better. And it makes sense. Cause that's where the tools are now. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you, Matt. Yeah, thanks. And thank you, guys. Thank you. Kodak suggests a give and take Christmas. Give Kodak gifts for Christmas. Take pictures, save the fun. And share your Merry Christmas days with everyone. Give Kodak gifts for Christmas. Take all the Christmas cheer. To live again, enjoy again, year after year. Give Kodak gifts for Christmas. Take pictures all year through. To give a Kodak gifts the merriest Christmas thing to do. I'm sure all of us enjoy having Christmas pictures. So this year, why don't you enjoy a give and take Christmas? Give a Kodak gift to those you love so they can take pictures they'll always treasure. It's a good way to make this the happiest holiday season you'll ever remember. And now Kodak invites you to enjoy... Hey, John, what are a few of the camera stores that carry FPP film? A few? Yeah. How much time do you have, Mike? There's quite a few here in these United States. There's Paul's Photo in Torrance, California. Freestyle. Freestyle. Where are freestyle? L.A., California. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Pro Photo Connection, Irvine, California. Nelson yes. Photo Supplies well, in San Diego. You're going too fast. Oh, I'm sorry. Pro Photo Connection. I'm friends with them <clears throat> on the Instagram. Oh. What are they, uh, what are they all about? <laughs> uh, they're nice chaps, and they post FPP images of our films. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, Pro Photo Connection. We're, I'm very pro, pro photo. Mm-hmm. Don's Used Photo, Dallas, Texas. Wait. They're on Instagram, too. I bet. I bet most of these people Don's are. Don's Used Photo. I think I've even seen Don. Really? Yeah. They have a YouTube show, too. I just pictured Don with, like, uh, you know, a powder blue button-down short sleeve shirt <laughs> with the pocket on it, with the pocket protector in it. Am I wrong? I don't know. Glasses. I think beard or no beard? Beard. Okay, very good. Professional photo resources in Atlanta, Georgia. Sounds very technical. Yeah. But they seem to be, uh, they're covering all the bases there. Professional photo and resources. So, uh, Colonial Photo and Hobby in Orlando, Florida. Okay. Camera Mall in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, I've been there. Yeah. That was uh, Mark O'Brien's old stomping ground? That's correct. That's correct. I've been to the camera mall when we had an FPP meetup in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Mm. Uh, moving along, Southeastern Camera, Carborough, North Carolina. Okay. You know okay. those guys? I do not. Dodd um, Camera, D-O-D-D. Dodd, D-O-D-D. I'm friends with them on Instagram. Ah, they're in Cleveland, Ohio. They have a few stores. Uh, where's Owen? Is he by Cleveland? Owen is in Cleveland. Oh, he is. So he probably knows the people at Dodd. And they probably know him. Roberts in Indianapolis. That, that is Roberts. Indiana. Ace yes. Photo, Ashburn, Virginia. Okay. Ace. Ashburn. It's <laughs> funny. Sorry. Uh, unique Photo right here in Fairfield, New Jersey. Oh, no kidding. Yes. They ha- I was there. I had to get uh, some cables for my Mac computer. Yes. And they're an authorized Mac repair 
Did store. you find any FPP? And I went. Phone? I was walking over there. They had the Rev Pan. Get out. Or Dev Pan. The Rev. The Rev Pan. The Rev Pan. Yeah. And one other I can't for, I can't remember. Yeah, but their their photo section was kind of kind of decimated. Small. The store is big, but yeah, the photo section is pretty small. Okay. But uh, it's still representing. Or wait, make- don't we call them Uniq photo? Uniq photo. Uniq. Okay. Um, unique photo in, in Fairfield, New Jersey, if you're in New Jersey. They're the store. Yeah. It's they like, are the authority. Yeah. Yeah. People come, I see people from all over when I go there, and license it's, plates. It's a big store, and you go in there, and, you know, there's always, like, one or two, like, or three or four, like, film guys. Mm-hmm. And I think they also develop film. They got a lot of, a lot of stuff there. Here's a letter from... A letter? Yeah, I'll let you read everything, including... The pronunciation uh, of the name. Baby, she wrote me a letter. This, by the way, this person who wrote this letter Ooh. is what I call an FPP time traveler. Wow. Do you know why? Because she's talking about old shows. She's in the past. Oh. oh. Boop, boop. This text just in. Trackman. Hey. <laughs> there are a lot of FPP time travelers. Wow. So go, John. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so it's from Andrea Lynn Van Benchnoten. What a great name. Sounds like royalty, like Mm -hmm. some kind of Austrian queen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hi, Michael. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I just finished listening to episode 65, and by the end, I almost spit out my coffee. You guys were killing me when you went down the Jersey mob road. Love the music at the end of the episode. Really enjoying going through the archives. The boss and his family told you you are going to be Santa Claus. You're Santa Claus. Started using my SX-70 sonar last weekend. Mixed results so far. Also picked up the 600 density filters and some 600 film so I can try using it in the camera as well. Shutter on, Andrea. You ever go whining to the big man again about shit between you and me? We'll have a problem, my friend. (laughs) Zine. Mark O'Brien just published his uh, new zine. Didn't we talk about that? Now we're going to hear him talk about it. Oh. Well, go ahead. All right. Glad to be here. Mark is the author of the Random Camera blog, the long-running blog on the web. There'll be a link below. Uh, and for those who are listening and not watching, what is the – is it just Random Camera blog? Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. See, I was prepared. I Terrific. <laughs> Preferred. Prefer- and today we're talking about, I'm not even going to hold, I was going to hold up my magazine, my magazine that Mark sent me. Today we're talking about Monochrome Mania, Monochrome Mania, issue number three. This is a zine that you produce and write. That's right. That's right. This is the December 2020 issue. That's correct. And the, uh, the subject of this uh, particular issue is, can I see your, your graphic, please? Sure. The magic and allure of toy cameras. Mark, this is a this is a a, a, a regularly published zine. For folks right. who don't know, it's a self published magazine. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit because I know folks watching and listening may say, "Hey, I, you know, I have my work. I want to pu- publish my own zine." So, what inspired you to? This is issue number three. What inspired you to do the issue on toy cameras? Well, that's a good question, Mike, because it was about uh, 2000, maybe early 2002, late 2001, when I first used a crappy camera or a toy camera. And I think it was a, um, it may have been a Holga 120S. That was the first version of the Holga, which was a six by four by five format. I got more and more into using toy, toy cameras and I, let me first preface that with saying a toy camera is not the Fisher Price thing with a little fake magic cube on it. Right. Uh, those are kitty cameras. Um, toy cameras are cameras that are fairly simple in operation. They're mo- really not terribly much more than a box camera. They may have slight adjustments you can make in aperture and focus, um, but there's no automation. Everything is pretty much really, really simple. Everyone thinks about the Diana. And that was the very, very first widely used toy camera. But if you go by my definition of simple-to-use um, cameras, then that includes Brownie Hawkeyes and a bunch of other similar cameras and box cameras and so on. I'm, I'm looking at the, the contents 
uh, of your zine, just at a, a, just a snapshot view, so to speak, uh, three types of film, but mostly it appears to be 120 medium format roll film, these cameras take, 620 medium format roll film. And I'm looking, are there even any cameras in your table of contents that take 35 millimeter film? That's going to be in a separate future issue. Any of the cameras that I have in this issue, you could either buy film for or easily re-spool film for. Right. And so I wanted to make them all medium format. Once you get into 35 millimeter, there are other issues to take into account. And lots of, and some of those cameras are being made now um, and still being made. So that's, that's a good thing. So but I, wanted to have, I wanted to separate them out because the images you get from the two formats are really quite different. Um, 120 film, you've got a larger negative, 620 film, 120, um, you've got a larger negative. The effects that you may get from these lenses is more apparent because you've got a longer focal length and the lens aberrations are much more obvious. In the 35 millimeter genre, um, the lenses, the apertures are much smaller and you don't get the kind of um, funkiness that you might get with some of these toy cameras and that are medium right. format. If you like the look you're getting from them, that's good. And that makes, maybe that would even spur you on to do, use other toy cameras or to f further explore a 120 film. If, I, if someone said what, they, what camera would make a good uh, medium format uh, box camera that does big, big negatives, I would say the Agfa Clack is at the top of my list. Yep. Because it takes 120 film. You can use either bulb or instant, but it has a cable release socket on the front. So if you want to put it on a tripod, because it's got a tripod socket on the bottom, um, and you can, and it also has an adjustable uh, couple apertures. I found this is a great camera for shooting landscapes because I could put it on a tripod. Um, I can tape a filter over the front if, there's, if I think there's too much light. I use a light meter to see what my exposure should be. And if it's more than instant, then I can just approximate it with a shutter release in bulb in bulb mode. And uh, I love it. It's a, it's a great little camera. So you can um, have a pretty nice experience with these larger negatives. And like I said, like you said, you can uh, contact print them if you want, right. turn them into postcards or whatever. So I think this is a, a, an essential zine to have if you're going to use plastic cameras. First of all, I think Mark, you did a wonderful job. It's a very, uh, retro looking like this <laughs> looks like that you and I could take a time machine back to I don't know 1962 yeah <laughs> and this is the magazine that you would find you know in the store and it, it has a great super retro vibe so uh, there's no price on this what does this cost Mark um, if you are in the US it's 12 bucks okay and that includes postage um, if you're overseas um, uh, and not Canada. Canada is, um, I think, $15. And if you're overseas, it's 18 And that basically covers the postage. There's over 100 images in there, not just of the cameras, but of the results obtained with them. Go right to Random Camera Blog. Go to the links on the, on the right-hand side. And you can. there's actually three issues available on there. And uh, issue number three is the one that's toy cameras. So okay. I, I, I think that... Um, if you're interested in trying toy cameras or you just appreciate them or you want to collect them, um, want to know more about them, know how to shoot them, um, make them more usable um, than they are right out of the box, this is the zine for you. I, I put a lot of years of thought into this thing and uh, I, I'm pretty happy with it. Great. For folks watching this uh, broadcast, you could leave comments down below. If you're listening, you could send us an email, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. And Marka, thanks for taking the time to talk about your new zine. I think it's exciting. And it's great to kind of, you know, have and hold something these days. <laughs> hey, it's Mike here. I'm here in, in the FPP store with Matt, Lauren, and Leslie. Hey. hey. Here to talk about Kodak Film. I want everyone to go to the filmphotographystore.com. That's our store to pick up a roll of Kodak Film. Why, Matt? Hey, well, because we have some of the best prices on the web. Bar That's on. right. The best. And what else? We have extremely fast shipping. Ooh. Oh. Super fast. Super fast. Yes. Speed of light. Super fast. I think people are very happy because our FPP, our very technological, in-computer shipper, works directly with the U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> so the shipping price is the actual weight of the product. When people buy a roll of film, they're like, like, $12. They're like, great, it's a $2 roll of film. But yeah, it's, now it's $15 after shipping. <laughs> yeah.
you can get beautiful, fresh. Is that fresh? Fresh Kodak film directly from filmphotographyproject.com. Click the store button. Lightning fast. Fresh. So fresh it should be slapped. Exactly. I was going to say so fresh that it will give a strudel mouth. Fresh mouth. (laughs) What's so great about buying from the film photography store? I will tell you. It supports this show. What show? The Film Photography Project. That's right. We are passing along the best price to you. Filmphotographystore.com Kodak Film. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. This is from Clay Borsky. What a name. Clay uh, is a... Uh, That's awesome. He should have been a, a like a stuntman in the 60s. We have a whole group we of... We got us. the shot coming. Where's Clay? Bring Clay Borsky in. We now have a whole group of uh, what I call FPP filmmakers. Yeah. These are FPP guys Girls. and gals um, who frequently buy film and use our developing scan services for motion picture film. Ah, Super 8, regular 8, 16 millimeter. But they're shooting movies, not just home movies. They're shooting movies. They're shooting home... No, both. Yeah. Combination. Okay. Little short films. Oh. <laughs> this is the first year that's really, really taken off. And I see the same names over and over. I'm very thankful of all the folks that are getting on board with the motion, as mm-hmm. Matt Marash calls it, the motion. Mm-hmm. The uh, mo. He says... This is from his last uh, film developed scan order. He says, thanks for the follow-up, because I always... Touch base with everybody. Oh, that's nice. Hey, man, your stuff went out. Here's the note. Here's your notes. Personal touch. Yes. Because everyone's motion picture film, you know, there's always notes involved with it. Like, oh, too dark, too light. It was good. Mm. Good exposures, you know. Maybe a shutter problem. Or, uh, you know, if something's overly hazy, as you know, the same thing with still cameras. If you buy, like, an old vintage Kodak, could be, like, haziness on the lens. So you comment on the we comment the comment. So thanks for he says thanks for the follow up. You guys do great work and provide awesome services. FPP has made a weird year. Weird. FPP has made a weird year. Weird. A weird year. A little bit better. That's awful nice to use. Yeah. What's his name? Clay Borsky. Clay Borsky. Yeah. Now it sounds like a a spy. You think a so? stuntman who's uh, a spy, <clears throat> a spy whose cover is stuntman for Steve McQueen. Mm-hmm. In, uh, but Steve McQueen never used his stunt double, so that doesn't work. Yeah. Want me to read some more stores where you can buy FPP film? Oh, yes, please. As we, oh, before right. we go, really quick. These are stores that carry. Really quick. I got like 50 of them. Oh. It's not a second side. Yeah. There's a whole second side. Oh, we're going to save some for next time. Oh. What a few more. Well, I can run through them pretty quick. Or do you want to comment on everyone? Yeah, I know Joe from there. <laughs> Central Camera in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, they had a fire. Oh, jeez. What do you mean? They had a fire. The whole store? Uh, no, it was, it was salvaged. Did they have a fire sale afterwards? I don't know. Keep continuing. Okay. Camera Exposure, San Diego, California. Milford Photo in Milford, Connecticut. WB Hunt in Boston, Massachusetts. On Instagram. Oh, one, two, three, four. They're on Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Adorama. 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 New York, New York. Big, 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 yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah. No B&H? Not yet. Oh, okay. Cardinal Camera in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. The camera shop of Lansing, Michigan. A lot of Michigans. Mark's Photo and Video in Muskogon, Michigan. McBain Camera, Edmonton. AB, what's that? Canada. What's AB, though? AB. AB. Muller's Camera in Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Richmond Camera Shop, Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Camera Casino, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Glass Key Photo in San Francisco. Camera Casino. Go there. Robert De Niro exactly. works there. He's like, hey, hey, there's too many there's too many rolls on this camera. I want each roll to have the same exact <laughs> amount of shots on it. Oh, that's impossible. This is a 36 by... Hey, hey, I want exactly the same amount of exposures on each roll of film. Glass Key Photo in San Francisco. World Glass. of Used Photography. Columbus, Ohio. Glass Looking key. Glass Photo. Looking Glass. In Berkeley, that's what I said. Rockbrook Camera, Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. Allen's Camera. Orem? What the hell's in Orem? Oh, Orem. Allen's, oh, Orem, Utah. That's the name of the yeah. town. Sorry. Allen's Camera in Orem, Utah. The Print Refinery in Louisville, Kentucky. They have, Tandem, they have, uh, what? They have cameras, film, and oil. The <laughs> refinery? Yeah. They fill it up? <laughs> fill it up. Uh, Tandem Coffee Roasters. What's that all about in Portland, uh, Maine? They probably have coffee. Oh. 
and they sell uh, they sell film too. That's cool. I bet you they uh, they process all their film there in uh, what do you call it? Caffeinol. Oh, huh? Schiller's in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Timeless Photo in Boise, Idaho. Ooh. Houston, Houston Camera Exchange in Houston, Texas. Very nice. Gla- oh, you know those guys? No. Okay. Glazer's Camera in Seattle, Washington. Sounds good. Bernie's Photo. I think they're on this Pittsburgh, Instagram. Barton Photo Center in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Arlington Camera, Arlington, Texas. Okay. Horn Photo in Fresno, California. Mm-hmm. Safe Light Imaging in Nashville. Tuttle Cameras, Long Beach, California. Tuttle? Yeah. Tuttle, Mr. Tuttle. The Shutter Bug in Salem, Oregon. Mike's Camera in Boulder, Colorado. Mike's Camera in Sacramento, oh. California. Are they ever related? Two different Mike mics. Mike and Mike. Two different mics. B&C Camera, Las Vegas, Nevada. Nice. Vans Camera, Canton, Ohio. F32 Photo, Knoxville, Tennessee. Jack's Camera, Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. Flats in <laughs> Houston, Texas. I wonder what that's all about, flats. I don't know. It's interesting. Jeremiah Photo Center, Santa Rosa, California. And Dunwoody Photo in Dunwoody, Georgia. Very nice. There's a lot of stores. Yes. Selling the FPP. Yes. All courtesy of the fine folks at Roberts Distributors. So if you live anywhere near those guys, support your local shop. Go in there and put a fist down. Demand FPP film. Exactly. They got to let it snow. It'll be like, you ask for it. Do you have the whatever? Then you bang the fist on the counter <laughs> and say, and say, give me. <laughs> and then if that doesn't work, you start to rough them up. Right. The All parking right. lot. I guess we'll leave with the Hungry Dutchman. Oh, yeah. That'll be a good one. Did you find your 12-inch Hungry Dutchman EP? No. It's buried. I just moved. You, have, you own one. I moved all my records. But do you own the 12-inch Lucky, Lucky Dutchman? Do you own the 12-inch Hungry Dutchman I don't believe Looking I do. for Santa EP? I don't believe I do. Okay. Where'd you get it? They had, they had a, a, a show at a what bar. What show? They, they handed you the record at the door. I didn't get the record. Mm. I got effed by the Hungry Dutchman. Awesome. <laughs> effed on Christmas. Nice. Thanks, Tony. Who's the <laughs> other guy? Paul Rose. Paul Rose. Cynthia. Alec. Alec and Cynthia. Cynthia. And uh, drummer. Mike. Mike Bowen. Mike Bowen. Wow, I can't remember. I Bowman. can't believe I remember. Bowman. Bowman. He switched to guitar, though. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. He became like a singer-songwriter. If you folks out there know anything about the Hungry Dutchman... <laughs> it's a good drop. thing Mark Dalzell's not here, speaking of Mark Dalzell. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Hungry Dutchman. And next show... What show? I have it in my hand. The, uh, Reveni, Light, the Reveni Labs Light Meter. Tiniest meter ever. It's the tiniest meter. You own one, right? Yep. All right. See you next time. <laughs> 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 oh, what a cliffhanger.
can you see there'll be time of Christmas is for baby and me, baby and me. Now there ain't no snow on the ground, and my thermostat has been turned down. The Christmas lights they are gone, and I'll spend Christmas night alone to live, to live. Foreign girl without words on a silver chain. This is the first Noel that I spent alone for the past five years. I spent Christmas at home, but this time is different. Now can you see there'll be nine of Christmases for baby and me, baby and me.